Something new is supported by listeners like you. Visit paypal.com and help this podcast continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 14 of Something New. I'm your host, Joel B. New. How has everyone's last two weeks been? Has it been good? Um, did we learn things? Were we productive? Were we lazy? Were we both? Um, I always feel like I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I'm productive, but also lazy. But I'm well, and I hope you are well as well. Uh, let's see. I am sitting here. It is Sunday afternoon. Um, different from last episode's opening monologue where it was a Sunday morning and uh, there was a lot of early morning vocal fry present in my voice. And um, so now it's, it's mid-afternoon. It's pretty nice. It's a beautiful day outside. I am on my fourth cup of coffee. And unlike last time, I'm having the opposite problem. Now my coffee is too cold. Luckily, I have a little um, Mr. Coffee mug warmer on my desk. So that's going to help out, uh, hopefully shortly. First things first, um, I think I used the word seep incorrectly last week. Um, I was trying to use a word that describes letting my coffee sit and cool. And I don't think seep was the right word. It's been bugging me for two weeks. And I I did some some light Googling, and, um, and seep was not the right word. I think I was looking for the word steep. I was waiting, like, letting my coffee steep. Either way... I just wanted my coffee to be cool, and um, and in the process, I wasn't cool because I don't know vocabulary words. Good thing I'm a lyricist. So here we are, episode 314, very exciting stuff. Before we get to uh, my awesome interview with the amazing Kate Steinberg and, um, and the song that she sang, and accompanied by Gillian Berkowitz... Uh, let's see. Let's just—I just, just kind of want to do a little rundown of the different um, things I've seen and have been up to since last we spoke. Okay, let's see. What did I do these last two weeks? Oh, I went to the senior showcase of Oklahoma City University Bass School of Music, and I've been invited a couple of times, and this is the very first year that I got to go, and it was crazy. Um, I've never been to a showcase at all. Uh, I, you know, full disclosure. So in the, in the beginning when they made the, you know, announcement and talked about, you know, turn your phones off and all that obvious stuff. And they also said, you know, remember like there's no, there's no applause. And I was, I was like, what? There's no applause. So, so yeah, so get this. So it's like 45 minutes or so. And you're, you know, they picked like 21 of their quote unquote best, seniors I don't know how that works but uh, but only 21 of them and they each got a couple of songs or scenes and you know but only like 30 seconds or something you know not not a very long time but they each got to perform a couple of different times on their own and there was a there was an opening number and a closing number and um, I think there were certain songs where everybody was involved or whatever and so yeah, went went to the OCU Senior Showcase, saw a lot of familiar faces, saw Angela Prock, who's lovely, and I'm so glad OCU has her now. Um, I saw Dr. David Herondine and Mr. Jan McDaniel, um, old uh, director and vocal coach of mine, 
and that was cool and surreal. I haven't seen them since 2007, and it was great to see them, you know? Um, Jan McDaniel told me that he listens to the show, so I'm gonna... I'm, I'm, hi, Mr. McDaniel. Uh, thank you for listening to my show. Uh, and it was really cool. It was special, and it was really neat. Um, I don't need to highlight the fact that it made me feel very old, and we didn't, we didn't even have a showcase in my day, uh, but I'm really proud of the strides that OCU is taking to get their students' foots, um, foots, you like that? To get, get their students' feet in the door. If you're ever invited to your senior showcase, you should go and cheer, cheer on these, uh, these young whippersnappers who are coming to the city for the first time. Yeah, it was really cool and, and special. So bravo, OCU, bravo. Um, speaking of OCUers, fellow alum uh, Tiffin Borelli and I went to a Gilbert and Sullivan Society reading of the Pirates of Penzance fairly recently, and that was super fun. It was, it was also pretty surreal. Um, it was, yeah, it was an informal reading that was in the basement of a Universalist Unitarian church. Um, you know, the, the cast had, you know, the, the principals had been cast, uh, but then it was up to the audience to uh, provide the vocals of the ensemble. And I don't really know my GNS that well, so, but thankfully they had these GNS, um, what looked like hymnals, and I uh, just, you know, there was no sheet music in them, but the, the, the libretti were there, and so you just kind of had to guess where the melody was going to go <laughs> to, um, you know, somewhat successful, um, my, my first time being on a GNS show. So that was really fun. Oh, I went to Joshua Hink's mess at 54 Below, and that was also crazy fun. I, I found it completely enthralling, and uh, so I, I applaud Joshua and the whole cast and the band and um, everybody that I saw at the show and afterwards, and um, and my song that uh, that I wrote for him uh, turned out really well, and that was really fun. So so thank you, Joshua Hink, for for letting me be part of your special night, and I look forward to uh, to more messes. I also attended my friend Katie Pettit's benefit performance of her show I Could Never Love Anyone, and it was just as beautiful and exciting and theatrical as I remember it from so many months ago, I think last October or something when I saw it um, elsewhere. And just the message behind it and the mission statement that it has and it, you know, it has it has a larger purpose than what's happening on stage and it's to bring awareness to addiction, specifically um, addiction with women and making it less of a taboo subject and letting us start to have real, um, honest conversations about it. And that was really, really special. And I got to meet Katie's parents, and um, that was all really fun. I made a special announcement on uh, social media this week, or ra rather uh, Playbill did, and that was kind of cool. Um, my musical To Hell and Back is... Uh, being presented in concert form as part of the New York Musical Theater Festival. Yay! And that is happening on Tuesday, July 7th at 7 p.m. 7-7 at 7 at the Lori Beachman in New York. That's going to be really fun. So so keep your, your eye out on all of that stuff. Um, as a result, I will be 
I'm, I'm looking to create a dedicated website to To Hell and Back, and um, and hopefully the concert and that website and everything that will come as a uh, a byproduct of that concert will help move that piece forward in its development, whether that's a workshop or a concept album or something in between. But I think it's a great step, and I look forward to that concert. And I'm uh, I want to thank the New York Musical Theater Festival and Jen Bender in particular for, uh, for for inviting us. And I look forward to telling you guys more about that as it approaches. So that's a wrap on the monologue. I'm going to see if my coffee is warm enough to drink now. And you guys enjoy this episode. Enjoy the rest of your week. And without further ado, here's episode 314 with Kate Steinberg. This is Joel B. New, and you're listening to Something New, my chance to talk with the savviest performers I know, to hear their stories, and get to the heart of what makes them the working, multifaceted artists they have come to be. Today's guest artist is a New York City-based performer, composer, songwriter, and session vocalist. In New York, she has been seen in Ludo's Broken Bride at Ars Nova and The Cutting Room, concerts at Joe's Pub, The Laurie Beachman, The Bitter End, Pianos, 54 Below, Subculture, and Rockwood Music Hall. Her arrangements, vocals, and compositions have been featured in artist recordings, jingles, film, television shows, video games, and advertisements for clients such as Hefty, Oreo, Marvel, Coors Light, Brother, UPS, McDonald's, and KFC. She has also written music and lyrics for a family-friendly musical selected for Nymph and the NYCT Festival. You don't say Nick, I guess. <laughs> she holds a Bachelor of Music degree in songwriting from Berklee College of Music and is currently recording her debut EP. Obviously, I'm talking about Kate Steinberg. Kate Steinberg, hey! show. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I feel like this has just been like a really long time in the making. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know? like, I had you on, you, you were in my concert, my uh, season two wrap-up concert for Thief or Below last mm-hmm. summer. It was so fun. It was so fun. Um, I think they were mad it ran a little long. Whatever. Whatever, 54 Below. Also, let's get this out of the way. How is profanity on this podcast? <laughs> I mean, I'll be good if I need to be good. No, um, I, I bleep it and I enjoy bleeping. Oh, great. So you can say what the f*** okay. you want. Okay, we're live, people. Yeah, this is live. This is real. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, like, New York is treating me good days. Good. Yeah. I love those. I know. And yeah. it, it goes back and forth, I feel like, for a lot of artists. Yeah. But some are... days you're like... Here we are, we're doing this again. And some days they're like, here we are, we're doing this again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think it takes a real, it, it takes a true New Yorker to notice the difference. Yes. And to take notice and appreciate those days. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you like need someone else to like, like slap hey. you around and be like, hey, today's a good day. Stop for a moment and be grateful for that. Absolutely. We met, I think we met through Dana Levinson, is that right? Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Years ago. I Yeah, I think... If I remember correctly, I think it was at a New York theater barn. Probably. Like, Christmas show or something mm-hmm. like that. And she was like, this is my friend, you should know each other. And now here we and are on something new. Are. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of they say is history. Yeah. And are you, um, are you still dating Lorenzo? I am. Alright, cool. That would have been really awkward. That would have been really, I meant to ask before. Isn't that weird? I mean, like, maybe it's just, like, my jaded at heart. I just, I never assume anyone is still together. <laughs> no, that's a fair assumption. It's New York, and especially when artists are dating artists. Right. It's tumultuous. Yeah. But yeah. 
<laughs> you make it work. You absolutely do, and you and you seem to be doing it beautifully. So you're <laughs> so you're romantically involved with Lorenzo Wolf. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a deer and a half? <laughs> and um, you knew him before I knew him. I did know him before you knew him. He was part of um, my friend T.J. Moss's band. Mm-hmm. I think which was just called the T.J. Moss Band or something. <laughs> <laughs> Very original. Isn't there, isn't there, I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I, I I met him. And then that. he played for one of your concerts. Yeah, right? yeah. I needed I needed a bass player, and I was That's like, "That's how he gets his work." Yeah, there we go. <laughs> cool. And now he's a, a very cool friend of mine. Um, let's see. You also sang at my songbook release party yes. that I had last November, which was the most beautiful. I have you made more of those? Like holding the, the that books? hard copy was so no. awesome. I know. I only made one. I know. And, and you I gave, gave it away. away. I gave. Oh my god! The most selfless. Joel be new. The <laughs> most selfless person I know. Or 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 the most cheapest. Because, <laughs> because I, I didn't realize. Like I took it to a Kinko's and I was like, I was like, yeah, I like this thing, and you know, and all my specific. And at the end, he was, he's like, right, it'll be forty bucks. I was like, you're like, and I'll make one. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I just spent forty bucks on a book I'm just about to give away. <laughs> And, you know, I'm sorry, people who are listening, I also, I promised the first ten people who um, RSVP'd for the songbook release party that they would also get a hard copy, <laughs> and um, I have not done that yet, because that's $400, and I, um, if, am I doing the math right? Is that $400? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't have that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> contribute to PayPal. and But you can maybe... talk to the person who did get the book, yeah. and just make photocopies out of that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> he's, on, he's on Twitter. He follows me. He's a very nice young man. On to the matter at hand. Uh, Kate Steinberg, uh, which came first to you? Because you're you're equally uh, skilled as a vocalist and as a pianist. Thank so you. where did you where did you start? What are your roots? I well, I took lessons from piano lessons from about uh, five to thirteen or so. Okay. Um, and my teacher was fantastic. I loved her. I grew up on Long Island. I took piano lessons on Long Island, um, and. <laughs> She she pushed me very heavily in the classical music direction, and I absolutely love listening to classical music, mm-hmm. and it just like flows through my veins. My grandfather was a classical violinist, and no way, yeah, and, and I just love it. But I I don't enjoy playing it as much as I love listening to it and hearing other people play it. Yeah. Um. So I I kind of stopped <clears throat> piano lessons because I I wanted to learn how to self accompany. Um, and sing and play at the same time, and my yeah. teacher wasn't as excited about me doing that as I was. So, <laughs> so I was like, "What? Are. I can't belt. I just can't wait to be king in this room. You don't want me to." <laughs> and she's like, like a "Monster." I, yeah, she she played along sometimes, and she was like, "All right, we'll do this just because you're a good kid." But I don't think she really wanted me to. <laughs> so, so I stopped lessons, but then I've been playing like every day since, um, and just kind of doing stuff by ear and like learning all these songs just like hearing them and just trying to figure them out and getting all this like you know remember when people used to get the individual sheet music at like yeah and stuff yes i have some good gems from those days when i used to go pick that stuff up too i I was looking through my library just this weekend because i was bored and i um i have the main title for forrest gump oh nice (laughs) yeah i can (laughs) still play it mom i can still play it i so my mom's still on Long Island, and I, I went to her place. I visit her often, but I went to her place for, I don't know. I want to say it was like Hanukkah last year or something like that. And Dana Levinson came over, and my mom has all of the music books that I grew up buying and does. singing. And yeah. she she's a great uh, piano player and, and singer as well. And she taught like music classes in the elementary school she taught at for a okay, while. So you got like music in your blood. <laughs> there between my grandfather and my mother and. My cousin's a great musician, and there's just theater and music 
on the mom's side of the family. Okay, got it. Um, but you were home. So I was home, and we... So uh, we had to sing for our dessert, basically, is how the story ends. And so Dana's over, and I went to high school with Dana and middle school, and my mom knows that we were in Les Mis together in our senior year. Oh, no. My senior year, her junior year. Um, and so she's, like, pulling out all the music books, and she's like, guys, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do it now. We're, like, duetting Prince of Egypt, like, oh, Les Mis, oh. fame, anything my mom pulls out, she's like, we're gonna do it now. And we're just, my sister is sitting there at the table, and she's like, oh, God. And we're just (laughs) belting our faces off in my mom's living room. And then we sat down and had some babka or whatever it is we had. (laughs) But just, yeah. That's lovely. That's how my household works. Um, So, circling all the way back. Yeah. Piano came first. Great. (laughs) As an answer to that question. Um, And singing followed very shortly after when I learned that I just wanted to be a one-woman show. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what we all kind of want? <laughs> so now that we know that, when did you, when along those lines, did you get the call and start writing your own music? When did I, when did I figure out I wanted to do that? Yeah, or even that, that, um, that it was a, a thing that humans could do. That humans could do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> actually, it was my, uh, was it, I think it was my senior year of high school. I'd always like dabbled around with just like playing around with stuff on the piano and singing weird melodies and lyrics and stuff. Um, but my, my senior year of high school, I had this amazing teacher named Daniel Weinstein. Um, and I believe he still teaches. I don't know if it's at the school I went to. And it was a creative writing class. And so for our final project, we had to create a portfolio of poems and stories and, you know, fiction, nonfiction, just like a, a conglomeration of all of our work throughout the semester and the year that we were with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked him if I could do something a little bit different and incorporate music and I asked him if I could create, like, a songwriting portfolio instead of, like, a creative writing portfolio. And he was really excited by that prospect. Oh, that's and nice. And said that nobody had ever done that in his class, and he supported it, like, 150%. That's and wonderful. it was really cool. And, you know, during class when most people were just sitting in the classroom, he let me go to the piano practice rooms down by the music wing. And I would just, like, write in you the piano rooms for class. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. And part of his, like, requirements for... Um, for the final project was to go uh, lunchtime into the auditorium and he would videotape me like playing and singing a couple of the songs that I wrote as like part of the final project. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that was kind of, you know, when I was doing it more habitually and more like more, more frequently than just like playing around every once in a while, this Mm -hmm. was like, I had to bang them out all for the final project. Yeah. Yeah. You had a deadline. Yeah. I I had a deadline. And so I, I, I find that I work best when deadlines are thrown upon me. Mm-hmm. And, thrust, really. Yeah, thr- <laughs> thrust. Um, and so I learned it was something that I really liked to do and wanted to see if I can keep doing it in my life. That's wonderful. Yeah. I love those. I, lo- I love those high school teacher stories. Like I think yeah. every, every artist has one. And what was what was his name again? Mr. Weinstein. Mr. Weinstein, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting me. <laughs> for su- the supporting weird Kate's art Harvard. kid. <laughs> so I noticed you have a degree in songwriting. Yes. Not, quote-unquote, just music composition. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, talk about how your education may have, like, differed because of that. Like, um, what was your curriculum like? I'm so curious. It's so it just, weird. Yeah. Um, so... And Berkeley's pretty fancy. It's pretty fancy. Yeah. <laughs> you learn a lot, but you, you pay a lot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I went to one of those. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so my first, I was trying to figure it out because 
when you're when you're at that school, you like however good you think you are and however much you think you know as a musician mm-hmm. before you get to Berkeley, you get a heavy dose of reality when you get there. Wow. Um, because it's basically all of those kids from yep. every school. Yep. Like the best kid from every school. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you get into some of these classes and they're like, okay, great. Everybody has to sing for each other. And, and you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to open my mouth now yeah. after that. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so there were a lot of those moments. Um, but I declared my major, I think like second or third semester, I was just kind of figuring out like taking a bunch of different classes and a couple of different majors and figuring out what it was I wanted to do. And then I knew that I wanted to just go straight for songwriting. Um, And so there are classes like lyric writing, advanced lyric writing, and like harmony courses and just straight up like songwriting courses. And it's very mathematical. And I feel like a lot of music is, but sometimes it takes a little bit of the magic away when you're just, like, thinking about songs scientifically. It's it's like, and the bottom drops out here. Exactly. Because that's when we want it to drop out. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, like, literally in some of my workbooks, it's it's figuring out exactly what a melody should do and where it should do it and, like, the structure of the song and, like, lyrically what should happen in these moments. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you definitely have freedoms and... I think it's important to know the rules and to know when yep. you're allowed to break them. Yep. And you even when you're not allowed to, yeah. just kind of go for it and see yeah. what happens. Absolutely. Like, I don't think, um, you're not really allowed to break them until you know them. Exactly. That's, that's kind of my rule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, you know, it was scary too, and I feel like this is something that has helped me a lot in the real world of music and, and what I do now, but there's heavy, heavy critique in these songwriting classes because you have an assignment, whatever the teacher wants you to do that week, um, and then you, you bring it into class and you perform it, and then it's just an open tear-apart session. Yeah. And so the teacher, who has written songs for however many countless phenomenal artists, and all of these students sitting in the room, who are also songwriting majors, and everybody has their own opinion, and mm-hmm. you gotta take some and leave some, and yep. I, I think it's important to listen to everybody and know where your instincts were right and just try some things and see if they were right or you were right and it always kind of opens up a door to explore new options but it's tough when you like your heart is totally on your sleeve you're incredibly vulnerable you're playing a song about all of your feelings (laughs) and you play it in class and the teacher's like I don't know you know it just didn't hit me the same way that you know you wanted it to come across or the students are like I don't like what you did over it. <laughs> you're just like sitting there like, uh-huh. You're I'm just listening. saying you don't like my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that thing that happened to me that was like really hard for me to talk about and I talked about it in my song, you didn't like it. So, so okay. Great. Yeah. Tell great. me what you didn't like about Super it. Super helpful. Let's figure out how to make this constructive. <laughs> um, did you find, um, because I find so much of art or what makes art successful is subjective, mm-hmm. but like, the, it seems like it sounds like they were coming out from very objective, kind of like you know this is right and this is wrong. Um, it's also was there, was there room for some gray? In there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would say so. And it, it would also depend on the teacher because sure. some are coming from more of like a, a Nashville songwriting mm-hmm. background, and so they're they're used to songs being structured a certain way. Yeah, and not saying any one way is right or wrong. They're all brilliant in their own way. Yeah. Um. But, you know, if, if someone in the class isn't coming from that, and they're coming from, like, a weird odd time signature, like, not just normal song structure that you would hear in something very digestible, um, then 
teachers are like, I don't know what you're doing, but I don't think you should do that. (laughs) And then there are other teachers that are very open to strange things and embracing the weird. Yeah. So it would, it would depend. Makes sense. Yeah. Who are your musical influences? I knew this was going to come and I should have prepared myself for it. (sighs) Um, well, I would say... It's lame. I would say my grandpa. Oh, <laughs> we all just awe together. Aww. Um, he, yeah. It's beautiful. He would, like, he would sit me on his bed while he was playing violin pieces, and I, I think I, I got some of my ear from him, I think, because I would sit with him, and he would just try and have me harmonize with my voice along with whatever violin melody he was playing. Oh, that's cool. And it would be stuff that, like, I, I wouldn't really know what was coming next, but I would just try and guess it, and yeah. he would always do the same. I would be, like, playing at the piano and singing, and he would harmonize with me. I'm like, Grandpa, you've never heard this song before. If we're gonna be clear, it's pop up. Um, I'm like, you've never heard this song before. How do you, like, you're just going? Um, but he had me do the same with him, and that's something that I think was, like, very integral to me being able to just, like, come up with stuff quickly now, which yeah. is very important when you're working on deadlines, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's an influence of mine. I love Joni Mitchell. Yes. Um, oh, lyrically, musically, as a I human. I hear that in you. I yeah. love that. <laughs> um, I love Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and then there's a bunch of like weird, out-of-left-field things. I love Nine Inch Nails <laughs> so much. Uh, I've seen them like four times. Seriously? <laughs> totally serious. Wow. Um, I brought Lorenzo to a Nine Inch Nails concert, and he didn't really... <laughs> it didn't was a lot. Well, it's not that he didn't care for it. Pino Palladino was playing bass, and that was really exciting for him. Okay, yeah. Um, so there was like something in it for him, too, but he doesn't really listen to Nine Inch Nails, and I was like, die hard, like, <laughs> screaming all the words, really excited, and he's like, oh, this is the girl I'm dating. <laughs> okay. Is that fair- fairly early on? It was fairly it? early on, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, but I don't hold back. I am who I am, and hopefully you like it. And if you don't, I'm really sorry about it. Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> um, and then I I listen to a lot of film score and classical music. Yeah? Yeah. Who are your favorite, like, uh, film scorers? Um, I love Thomas Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love... I mean, obviously John Williams. Yes, um, I must say John Williams. Michael Giacchino. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't either. Um, but, but yeah, you know but I know. About, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Ratatouille he did up and, like, and yeah. Lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty big nerd for that stuff. I'll like go see a film and just like listen the whole time. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Just jumping all around because there's so much to talk about yeah. with you. When, when, and why do you think musical theater entered your universe as wanting to like? write for it or wanting to like be on stage for it Mm -hmm. just like you know bringing that into your world of Nine Inch Nails and Joni Mitchell and (laughs) piano lessons I know um my cousin who is uh seven or eight years older than me we grew up in the same town and he went to my high school okay um and I he doesn't he doesn't do theater now but I saw him in all of the shows while I was growing up, and I was, like, the little cousin mm-hmm. spectator who was mm-hmm. really excited about everything that was happening. Oh. Um, and it was just, like, so magical to me, you know? And, and, like, thinking back on what I thought about seeing those high school productions, they were, like, a Broadway production to me. Like, oh, I just yeah. thought oh, it was yeah. the most amazing. I don't even want to look at my old VHS tapes. VHS of my high school <laughs> yes. musicals. Because I, in my mind, like, they were huge and awesome. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, same it's, thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I saw him. He was uh, his senior year of high school. He was the MC in cabaret at high. At yeah, He's a very, very crazy for high school. Thinking high school. <laughs> right? um, they embraced the arts. I'll say that, which was which was a good thing for yeah. me and Dana and anyone who came out of there. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I, I saw him performing, and I just thought it was a pretty incredible thing. I'm like, I I want to be able to do that one day. I what hope was I one of the shows you saw him in? Well, that one, yeah, I cabaret. cabaret yeah, yeah. Um, what I saw him in Pippin. Um, I oh, I wish I could remember what else. I think there was like Pirates of Penzance at one point. Okay, all right. Um, it's definitely running the gamut. Yeah, but Cabaret was when he was the oldest, so it's when I was the oldest. So it's the one that's like the most vivid mm-hmm. memory to me. Um, and I, I wanted to be able to do that. So when I got to school, um, I did some sports, but I knew that I was going to be like the after school theater kid probably. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what happened. (laughs) Is it hard or scary for you to step away from the piano and just sing? It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's very different for me because I, because I know for me, uh, I um, you feel when, when I sing, yeah, when I sing and play the piano, I feel a lot safer. I feel like I've got this kind yes. of wall. Yeah. Um, you know. And you know, everyone's watching you, but you've got that, you've got that wall, and you've got that like crutch that it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. what you do with your body and what you do, like right. how awkward you look standing. I already know because, what I'm doing with my hands. Right. You're yeah. you're taken care of. You're fully occupied, so yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Um, and it's definitely one of those things that like I'm still learning how to step away from from the piano and like. Definitely being in New York and getting asked to do, you know, your shows and everybody else's shows and different performances. And I've been doing a lot of background singing and stuff. It's, I'm learning what to do more with my, my body and myself when I'm not in front of that piano and how, how to connect with the audience in a different way. Because when you're sitting at the piano, you're looking at your hands, you're looking at the music, you're looking... You're not really like looking around at people to your side or people behind you. Yeah, you kind of like so. You're, you're like your two or three. Right, focal you're points. you're very focused. So like, unless you're reading music when you're standing on a stage and not using a piano, like yeah, you got to connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely very different sitting at a piano and not sitting at a piano yeah. for sure. You're great today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she did not she did not sit at a piano today. <laughs> I, did, I did not. <laughs> and you did great. Thank you. What do you bring to musical theater as either a writer? or performer that you think may have been missing or underrepresented in musical theater? Because um, you come at it from such an, an, an odd in the best way angle. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> it's kind of it's definitely that. tough sometimes because people who are coming from like way more of a musical theater, like a straight, you know, NYU, Cap 21, you know, whatever it is, musical theater background, yeah. it's, um, I find it, uh, a little a little challenging to write with them because they're coming from songwriting at a very different angle than I'm coming from songwriting. Yeah. Um, and perfect rhymes are the way to go always. And I don't come from that school of thought. Yeah. Um, and so it's definitely a lot of figuring out who's right, why that person's right. Um, but from, from me, I guess I'm coming just from more of a contemporary songwriting and storytelling background as opposed to everything else that everybody does I don't don't even know and and nobody's right and nobody's wrong but I guess I'm just coming at it from more of the contemporary songwriting world singing as Kate versus singing as a character Mm -hmm. how much crossover is there I'm very lucky to have composer friends who know me pretty well such as yourself such as Dana a lot of other friends um, 
and they generally write around what they know my my voice does best and what they know my personality and like demeanor is like um, so that makes it easier for me to be able to rock the song the best I can because yeah, sure. it's, it's more of an extension you. of me it's written <laughs> for me yeah um, and I guess same is true with my audition book I, I try to put stuff in there I, I know that like people want to hear what they want to hear in auditions and I'll, I'll follow the rules when I'm supposed to yeah um but I'm going to try and put stuff in there that's authentic to me because if it's not authentic to me, it's going to come across. I'm yeah. a bad liar <laughs> and, <laughs> and people are going to see it and yeah. they're going to know. So it's it's best for me to be able to somehow find a way to relate to whatever it is that I'm singing just so I can really, I can really sell it the best it's supposed to be sold. What's the weirdest thing in your book? Uh, or, your, or your favorite thing? My favorite thing? Oh... <laughs> My favorite thing is Wrecking Ball. Yeah. <laughs> I've I got Wrecking Ball. It's really fun, and every time I do it in front of a casting director, whatever, they're always like, okay. <laughs> That's, oh, that I never know if the up. okay is a good thing or a bad thing, but I rock it, and like, yeah, you do. it's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> writing for yourself versus writing for a character. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what is your way in to both? In terms of writing for for theater, you know, you, you want to think about what's happening before and after the song and what the song is supposed to achieve and, like, mm-hmm. what is the trajectory of the character and, you know, what how should they be growing throughout the course of the song. Yeah. Um, and I do feel that it's kind of the same way in in the, my songs that I write as well. You... I, I think it's important to be able to connect with an audience and have them be able to relate to what it is that you're saying. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of people write for themselves and that's okay too. Um, but I think it's important for me to be able to have people relate to the song and gravitate towards it and have their own personal experience that they can think the song is like written about something that they have felt in their life. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's also coming from a, like, what is that character supposed to achieve what are they trying to say to the audience like Mm. how how uh, in in my songs i like to show that there's like some growth you know whether it's staying stagnant and feeling the same way that you felt at the beginning of the song but having like a journey and trying to overcome something in the middle of it yeah and then you're just still stuck yeah and i think that's that's a journey too absolutely just kind of an up and down is is it safe to say that when you when you write for musical theater, you're writing for you're you're writing for a character. Yes. And, for, and, and when you're writing your singer songwriter stuff, you're writing for the audience. I'm writing for the audience, but I'm also writing for to, to tell a story that I think is important to tell. Yeah. And, and it's more personal. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely more personal um, in terms of my experience. Do you write at the piano or away? Both. Yeah. Um, in terms of like melody and stuff, or in terms of I'm just, anything, I just want to know how you do what you do. Like that's just, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just excited to hear. I, um, I guess a lot of times it depends if there's a piano at my disposal. Yep. Um, yep. And I carry around like a little notebook on the train with me, and I'll and my sound recording app, the voice memo app, yeah, on my phone is oh, like, my best me. friend. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just be, like, driving in my car, and I'll just record something, and then I'll listen back and be like, why did I do that? What was that? But if you have an idea, I feel like you just shouldn't let it slip away, because there's so many times when I'll be writing with somebody else, and I'll do something, and they'll be like, whoa, that was awesome, what'd you do? Can you do it again? And I'll say, nope, I don't know what I just did. (laughs) That's organic. So, um, 
I don't know. It's it's a little bit of both for me. Sometimes I'll just walk around and like sketch out an entire song lyrically first, and then try and figure it out. And I had a co-write session today where all of the music came first, and I ooed all of the melody and rhythms and stuff. Yeah. And then you kind of get stuck in that, and then have to figure out how to fit your lyrics to your melody. Yeah. And sometimes that's a little that. bit like it's it's an it's awesome freeing. challenge. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's like a freeing challenge. I totally. Yeah. And then you have to figure out, okay, should I break out of? that melody that, that I created because these lyrics are cool but they don't go with what I just did. Yeah. And so yeah. it's what you're more tied to basically. Mm-hmm. So that segues brilliantly into co-writing and yes. collaborating. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I planned it. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully done. So so on your different projects you do have like co-songwriters. Is that mm-hmm. a correct term or Co-writers, yeah. Co-writers. And um, I know on your musical you had a you had a book writer. Who did you write that with? Stacy and Joshua, Zachary Ross. Yes, and Stacy Weingarten. Yes, okay. Yeah. Josh did music and lyrics with me, and Stacy did book and some additional lyrics. lyrics. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, I forgot it was a, a trifecta. <laughs> it was a trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've got that, and I'm sure, um, and like because you've written jingles and stuff, you've got producers and to, to probably maybe collaborate with and directors and, and all those sorts of things. So, um. I don't really have a question. I just wanted to do... know more about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I can tell you like, more. Yeah, um, I have definitely learned that I thrive off of collaborations, um, and I don't. I don't know if you feel the same way, but when you're working on something internally and you've been like plugging away, plugging away at it for a while, and either you get stuck or you just don't know if it's any good anymore, yeah, or yeah. there's something that like you know could be better, but you're so you're so close involved to in it. it. You're so yeah, close yeah, to it yeah. that you just like can't figure out what the hell to do. Yeah. Um, and I have found either having a, a collaborator or having someone who who I trust musically and personally to just like bounce something off of and just mm-hmm. say like I am so stuck right here. Do you like this better or this better? And then they either say what they like better or say like or this. And I'm like. I've been, like, banging my head against the wall for, like, three days, and really yeah. it was just, like, that one word that, like, I was missing, <laughs> and also, you're right, and I hate you, and also, I love you. <laughs> um, and when I'm when I'm co-writing in terms of, you know, musicals or in terms of just, like, songs, um, I, I love being able to just, like, feed off of that person's creative energy, especially yeah. if you work well together. Yeah. And a lot of times it'll be, like, a tiny snippet of something that they do that inspires me to just, like, go off into a whirlwind of ideas. Yeah. And and vice versa. It's really nice to be able to write with someone who, all of a sudden, like, like what happened to me today, we wrote something really cool in, like, yeah, three and a half hours because we just liked sitting with each other and understood each other, and yeah. he's a composer for commercials, too, so he comes at songwriting from a very, like... Uh, you have to get it done quick, you're on a deadline, you know, he, he comes at songwriting from a, like, let's try this, let's try this, this is something that we do, this is something that we do, and we both just, like, spit a bunch of ideas, and I like working with those types of creative, too. Yeah. Um, I don't like... But they're not, like, married to anything. They're, yeah, they're not as married to anything, and, like, that's where I feel like Berkeley was nice, because in my songwriting classes, I couldn't be married to anything, or yeah, I'd yeah. cry. <laughs> <laughs> you're killing babies before they grow born. Yeah, you just gotta yeah. kill all of them, kill all of them. <laughs> Um, and, like, I mean, pardon my expression, but, like, you just throw enough shit against the wall and, like, hopefully something... Something sticks. Something sticks. Yeah. Um, and, like, or maybe you could just, like, scrape some of the shit off the wall and, like, 
put some this is gonna get yeah, really graphic like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like maybe some of the <laughs> strung together makes a beautiful <laughs> necklace <laughs> <laughs> or if you smear it around all of a sudden you see a face <laughs> a <laughs> face oh my god wow. here we are something new something donate new. money on paypal <laughs> more expressions like that <laughs> metaphor i'm really glad it stuck around as long as it did it's like this is going somewhere keep talking about the you got game. it you got it you're there you're almost there <laughs> necklace that's where we're necklace it. that's beautiful and so so next week there's gonna be a song called <laughs> necklace lorenzo my birthday's coming up <laughs> <laughs> that is disgusting that's disgusting i've i've now i've now <laughs> now we're edited now we're officially we're censored <laughs> so you write jingles and stuff yeah uh, yes, what you like and what you want. That doesn't always apply uh-huh, when you're uh-huh. working with clients. Um, and it's 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 difficult sometimes because they'll they'll give you a description of something that they want. They'll give you the brief and the breakdown, yeah. just like in musical theater. Mm-hmm. And you write something, hopefully to those specs, and hopefully it's like what they meant when you were reading that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And they say, oh no, what I actually really liked in that was like how the kick drum pattern is doing that. You know, when they give you a reference, uh-huh, and you're uh-huh. like, that was all you liked from that? I like the kick drum. Yeah, like, <laughs> I worked so hard to write something kind of in this vein, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Then you kind of go back to square one, take keep your kick, kick keep, drum, and then it. move forward. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's definitely, it's, again, you can't be married to anything. And I think that's an important lesson to learn as a creative if you're working with other people even though sometimes it's frustrating when you're on a deadline and you have to keep like going back tearing the pieces apart revising trying it again trying it again when you actually please the client and you did what they want and they're like good this is what I was looking for and you're like I I did it that was really difficult and that was a challenge and like that should have taken a much longer time than the time I was allotted to do it but I did it oh my god now I need a beer (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then I want to do it again and then I want to do it again or just like take a week of breathing time and then do it again yeah 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 (laughs) any advice for any of my listeners who are maybe performers looking to to see if they're good at songwriting uh just try it and test it out on audiences and see what the reaction is and I I mean the other, the I do a lot of cover gigs because that's yeah. where the money oh, is. That was a question I had. Uh oh, did I skip ahead? No, no, I think I just skipped it. Oh, I do cover gigs. I do cover gigs. <laughs> do you want to ask the question? Yes. Okay, go. Um, I wanted to talk about the art of covering songs. Oh yes. So, how faithful must you stay to the original? Like, I don't. You, you don't. I well, I do sometimes. If it's a song that someone. Uh, wants me to learn or if it's a song that like I feel like I should throw in my book mm-hmm. I'd like to do like creative spins on it just to keep it interesting for, for myself you. especially yeah. when I'm playing for bored. like five hours which happens oh, uh, it's, wow. it's a long time I've learned a lot about stamina doing cover gigs I'm... and that's an important lesson too yeah um, so sometimes I'll listen to the song a couple of times and I'll like figure it out and then I will stop listening to it just to see if I come up with anything that's kind of interesting that the song doesn't do and then mm-hmm. it'll just be my own like creative spin on it and if I'm really like actually I have no idea what goes on at this part of the song then I'll like dig in and oh, really yeah, listen yeah. and learn it <laughs> but I I don't know I, I do like a, a like a broken down ballad version of Sweet Child of Mine and oh. it's one of my favorite things that I perform and 
that's the reaction that I've gotten as well. And I think it's cool to just like throw a totally different spin on a song. And the reaction that I've gotten is those lyrics can totally work as like a quiet, sad ballad. Um, But instead it's like a big, heavy Guns N' Roses rock song. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's fun to kind of like throw a curveball and see what happens. Yeah. Um, Where are you playing that lets you uh, play play ballads? Play ballads? Yeah. They don't love it when I play ballads. I throw one in every once in a while. <laughs> they, don't, they don't love that. Uh, but then someone knows that I do it and they ask me for it. And I'm like, oh, you're tipping me? Okay, I'll, do, right, it. I'll do it. I'll do this ballad. Yeah. Um, what was I saying about the cover gigs before? We got so excited. Yeah. Uh, I was asking for advice to people who wanted to be songwriters and like try and get in front of people. Oh, yes. I know what I was saying. Um... So the other night, I so I'm working on my EP right now. Yes. And I, uh, so I always have to do cover songs at that gig, and I snuck an original in there, <sighs> and I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. And often at these cover gigs, it's like at a restaurant or bar, and people, you know, they're there to eat, they're there to be entertained, they're there to enjoy their conversation with whoever they're with. Yeah. And they're not there to like clap and cheer for whoever's performing. Which is a little discouraging sometimes, yeah. uh, especially when you like belt your face off and you feel really good about what you just did, mm-hmm. and then they just like pick the fork full of salad up to their mouth and just look at you and I'm like, oh, oh. all right, four more hours of this. <laughs> <laughs> but the other night, I was like an hour and a half into my gig, no claps, no anything, oh. and I played an original of mine that's going to be on my EP and I didn't like say that I was doing it or anything I just did it Mm. and the whole restaurant erupted in applause and like cheering and then people started coming up to me and I that made my night that made my night it really it really did and I was like okay I guess there's a reason to be making this EP and to be putting my music out into the world there are a lot of reasons shortly yeah and I I related to whoever was sitting there somehow enough that they were able to like drop their fork and show their gratitude for yeah. me performing that song, which was a, a really exciting thing since I haven't put out my original music yet. Yeah, and it it kind of made me feel like all right, as scary as this gets sometimes, and as frustrating as this of a process that this is, I gotta keep doing it. That's so exciting. So I think that's you. that's the advice to just do it and hopefully you're gonna get the reaction that you want and if like <laughs> if it ends up being something that's not your bag you'll you'll figure it out but you gotta keep trying because there's also a lot of terrible songs that come out before anything decent comes out amen the necklace necklace <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> necklace <laughs> so you have this EP coming out I do that is so exciting I'm so scared it's your, it's your debut EP yeah it is yeah so so talk to me about why that uh, this project is so important to like. It's taken so long. It has taken. That's, that's why it's yeah. important, I guess. Um, How many songs is it? It's gonna be six. That's six great. songs. Great. And I'm still figuring out project name, all that good stuff. Um, I've just been so focused on trying to figure out how it's all coming together uh-huh. musically yeah. that I just haven't thought of <laughs> or anything like that. Um, that stuff just like come, kind of comes at the last minute. I, I think it'll just, yeah, I think it'll it, just come. Kate it. Steinberg isn't really the best like badass like female superstar name. <laughs> so I think we're going to come up with something else. Um, gem. Gem. There it is. There not, not been used. Nope. Um, and Did you see the Gem movie preview? I have not. It's terrible. Oh no, really? Yeah, it broke my heart. Okay. Yeah. 
it's not gonna be good. That's that's why I haven't seen the last five years movie because I was really scared because I, I love the show too. and yeah. the soundtrack and mm-hmm. I'm like I don't I hope I don't know. <laughs> I hear it's good. Maybe we'll watch it together. Then. Okay, that sounds good. I, I mean, it could yeah. be like a really pleasant surprise. I have not heard bad things. I'm just really no. scared because I'm do. so married to what's already happened. <laughs> All right, date night. Date night. Um, Your EP, Jim. my EP, Jim. Um, so, I, I, it's. I did, like, a small EP in college, um, but I didn't, like, put it out into the world or anything. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I was very fortunate enough to have friends in the production and engineering major, and that allows, th- well, their final project for their final semester is to pick an artist and really try and, like, produce and engineer that artist's three-track EP. Okay. So I was chosen by uh, an engineer and an assistant to be able to go into the studio and have my three-track EP done. And I got to use the songs that I wrote for class or that I wrote just for me. And I got some, I mean, fake school studio time, but it was still like still. real studio time. And yeah. I wouldn't have had that as the songwriting major that I was because you don't really get access to the studios. Oh, um, that's strange. <laughs> a little bit, but it was very cool because I got to get my first like full studio experience through these people who chose me to do that EP. Um, but it was stuff that was just, like, shown for their class, and I showed it to my parents, and, like, not really... I didn't put it out into the world or anything. Gotcha, gotcha. And since then, I've just been writing for other people and collaborating and writing, uh, you know, jingles and commercials and scores and stuff like that, but I haven't... And musicals, but I haven't really done my own thing. And every time I perform... At a concert, you know, when some a composer asks me to sing one of their songs or, you know, anything like that, everyone says, oh, man, like, can I hear your stuff? Where yeah. can I hear it? And I say, nowhere. I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what has kind of, like, lit the fire under my butt to right. show people, hey, this is, this is what I sound like. Yeah. Um, so it's been interesting developing after writing in so many styles based on what clients want from me mm-hmm. and what other composers and writers want from me in terms of singing their demos, in terms of performing their songs, and now this is okay, what, what does Kate sound like? What what does she want to talk about? What does yeah. she want to sing about? What does she want to sound like? Ugh. So that's that's what's happening right Those now. Those are great questions. They're great questions and they're really hard to answer. I can't wait to hear the answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so are you going to release any songs like as they go? or I am. I think that's the plan. Um, my birthday's coming up next month. <gasps> My birthday is June 16th. Aww. Don't give me a shit, Liz. <laughs> and uh, I think June 15th at midnight is when I'm going to be releasing my first song. That's awesome. Which is called Hunt to Kill. Hunt to Kill. Uh-huh. And Great. that's going to be my first single. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm Congratulations. Thank you. I'm yeah. excited to like put something that's that's my baby, just what I want it to be without anybody telling me what it should be. Yeah. Just me out into the world. And it. hopefully it's received well we'll see it will be i'll just be excited to have it out there and be yeah. able to show people this is what i sound like when yeah. i'm just doing me oh i'm so excited hunt me to kill <laughs> look for it on itunes hunt to kill look for it um you can right now you can go to my facebook music page um which is kate steinberg music and you can send me a message you can write on the wall whatever it is you want to do and i'm going to put together an emailing list and i can make sure that i get my first single out to those people or let them know where they can find it awesome Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> now it's the time to set up the song. Okay. And introduce the accompanist. Uh, Kate Steinberg was kind enough to 
learn and perform uh, a new song from McKinsey and the Missing Boy called Apples. And Gillian Berkowitz, who's been on the show many, many times, uh, uh, accompanied her on the piano, as she does. And um, I had a really fun time today. Oh my gosh, me too. Yeah, it was really fun. Me too. It was like one of those where... It took new turns that yeah. wasn't, you know, how yeah. the demo was or anything, no. but like cool turns that really yeah. made the song even so cooler much somehow. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was, it was already amazing. Own, own the coolness. Um, let's see, what should I say about the piece? So, so we're getting ready to New York Theater Barn and I are going to do a table read of the piece next month, and yes. then we're doing a reading and a concert the following month. And um, so the piece, uh, which has been being overhauled for a while now, is starting to actually look like something, and that's exciting. That's very and, exciting. And um, yeah, I wrote this song last uh, about a month ago. I saw the date on the first draft, and um, this is, you know, it's still Mackenzie's story, but I've added uh, Mackenzie now has a sister whose name is Nicole, and this is Nicole's song um, after Mackenzie has shown up 13 years after being arrested. And her son was given up to adoption, and Mackenzie's come back uh, to New York and kind of wants her old life back, and Nicole is just not having it. And so that's what this song is kind of about. Yeah? And it's cool, and it's jazzy. Yeah, it's jazzy. And we get some low notes. Yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, so many good, beautiful low notes. Oh, <laughs> Remember, this performance will be available on SoundCloud and the individual digital sheet music on Repertoire, both free downloads until the next episode. Be sure to become a premium subscriber, a perfect investment for voice teachers, burgeoning musical theater writers, and my fellow Broadway nerds in general. Uh, follow me on all things social media, and you may find those links and so much more on joelbnew.com. Visit my guests' websites, which are on SoundCloud, Twitter, Kate Steinberg Facebook, Music, all that all good the way. stuff. All awesome. the way. And new stuff to come as the brand is being developed. Yay! <laughs> Kate the brand. I love it. <laughs> I've got um, some shows coming up playing with yeah? different artists. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to come out, good bands called Sumner, uh, S-U-M-N-E-R, and I'm playing some keys and singing backup vocals um, awesome. check out her Facebook page where are we playing we're playing at the Empire State Festival June 19th um, we're playing at Webster Hall I think on June 25th and then playing with this guy Ben Clark and the Long Shadows who is a musical theater writer actually no yeah he is you might want to have him soon <laughs> maybe maybe um, he's a great singer songwriter and wrote a show called Circus in Winter that's coming up soon um and we're playing at the way station this saturday at, at nine wow <laughs> you're up to so much when do you sleep oh rarely <laughs> uh, usually just when i fall asleep on the train <laughs> i do a lot of good sleeping on the train yeah yeah subscribe to rate review this podcast please tell your friends all about it uh the next episode i honestly have no idea who my next guest is gonna be yay, yay! yeah i kind of have like this lull i've got like two episodes and then i know who the next one is and then, then we kind of are wrapping the season. So, like, I've got, like, two slots, and I've got some ideas, and I'm working with some people. Special thanks to Peyton Royal at Website Lines, Stephanie Layton at Red Scandal Graphics, today's accompanist, Gillian Berkowitz, I love you, uh, Ripley Greer for hosting us today. Thanks, Ripley. Thanks, Ripley. Thanks, RG. And, uh, and my PayPal donors, thank you all for your, uh, for your generous donations, both past and future. Uh, and last but not least, Kate Steinberg, thank you for being on my thank show. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun talking to you. <laughs> this was such an honor to like 
meet you and then hear about your podcast and get to perform at your concerts and then all of a sudden being on the podcast like you're thinking I'm special enough to be on the podcast I think you're very special and my and if my listeners don't think you're special now then they're they're fools I just <laughs> I call my listeners special <laughs> nice that's, that's the way to get that's more like, PayPal please, donors please subscribe you and, fools yeah you fools <laughs> <laughs> alright now we're gonna sign out uh, from Ripley Guru Studios in New York City this is Joel B. New and Kate Steinberg saying thank you for dropping by for something new. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Oh my god. Thank you. Then I suppose I'll have to chop.